you've cut a bit out of this running order. Have I? I think you have. You've cut. I put a line in specially for you, <laughs> yes. a message. Yes, I have cut that bit out because it was very rude, and that's not the sort of language we encourage on this podcast, is it, Nick? Well, if you're not going to allow me to contribute, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Get on with the intro. Yes, hello. Oh, guy, why are you so rubbish at intros? Episode, I think it's, I think I panic now. I think it, I've got a new head, different headphones on, I can't hardly Ooh. hear myself. Episode 122. We don't have to shout just, just because you can't am hear I? yourself. Hold on. Okay, that's better. Episode 122 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page. And I'm, oh, it's like a whole new world out there. I can hear myself. Um, my name's Nick Page, and I'm joined by Joe Davis. Hello, Hello everyone. Hello, and I'm joined by the most ungrateful man I've ever met, Nick Page, everybody. Why? Why oh, grateful? so you came to stay. I did come to stay. That was lovely. That was the beginning of our holiday. That was lovely. It was weird. Weird having people mm. in the house. Weird socially distanced. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to touch you, but it would have been nice to have got a hug off Claire, to be honest. But... Here's the well, thing. So I, I feel that most days. But, you know. <laughs> Here's the thing. So, mm. listeners, I explained to Nick before he came, if he, if the question is what's for dinner, it's going to be courgettes because, frankly, that's what it is for four months of the year in this house because the sheer abundance that we grow. So mm. we serve up the first courgette dinner and he's a bit sniffy about it. I wasn't sniffy you, about it. You were it. a little bit sniffy about it. I was not. And then the following okay. day, I explained we're going to have courgette. Oh, I don't like courgettes. It's, no. Yeah. That is, that is, this is classic. This is not how the thing went at all. Yeah, it is. And I order you it's to ab- edit out your response now. This is absolutely not how the thing went. So you said, what do you want to eat? And offered me either chicken dish or courgettes. And I said... Oh, I've just remembered Claire is vegetarian. So you said it'd be courgette curry. And I didn't say anything. I'm not a big fan of courgettes, but I didn't say anything because I thought, okay, it'll be curry, it'll be fine. Mm. Right? So I come to you on the, on the, what was it, Saturday night, and we had a lovely courgette curry. Very nice. Mm. Right. Next morning we're sitting there and I said to you, as a compliment, that was a great curry last night. I'm not a big fan of courgettes, but I really like that. That's when you revealed that apparently the whole weekend was a festival of courgettes. (laughs) Meaning there was going to be one more meal with courgettes in. Uh, Yeah, but who cooks... Who does that? If you entertain people, you vary it. You don't go to... I wasn't entertaining... I I do entertain people. I don't entertain you. You don't just say, oh, look, look, I tell you what, when they come, let's just have a massive vat of courgettes for every meal. That's exactly what we do. (laughs) Courgette risotto, courgette pasta, (laughs) courgette curry, uh, courgette muffins. There was a little bit of, you know, frosty reception, I have to say. Anyway. You know. Anyway. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear this. Anyway. You put it in the running order. I wasn't going to refer to it. It was a low point of what was an extraordinarily happy weekend of being on the beach and Mm. watching storks together. Oh, that was amazing. So Joe took me and Claire to Nep, yep. the Nep estate, yep. where we watched the white storks. And and it was great because we went around and yeah. saw where the storks were. 
And they were up in the nest. The young ones yeah. were up in the nest. And that was great. I'd been happy with that. And then Joe said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. It's not it's not as good a display as normal. Yeah. And at I that did. point, <laughs> exactly as on you cue. said that, yeah, it was. an adult carrying a courgette. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No. An adult flew over and landed, walked around for a bit, did, did. a sort of stalk yeah. promenade, you know, yeah. look at me. Yeah. Then took her off and flew right over us. It was yeah. brilliant. It was yeah, absolutely it was a great moment. It was a very good moment. So it made up for the monotony of the diet, I think. Okay, good. And how was how was the rest of your courgette-free holiday? It was, it, you know, <laughs> funnily enough, Claire went out to see somebody the following week, got given a bag of courgettes. Brilliant. Anyway, um, yeah, um, it was good. It was very nice, actually. If I I didn't realise that uh, when when we sort of planned it, that you know people by then were able to book places and go and stay. Mm. So I didn't really do that, apart from coming down to see you, which yeah. was great. But um, so we just stayed at home, really. But we did lots of walking, went mm. lots of places, and, and um, you know, did a bit of drawing, read a lot of books, nice. Swore swore at the weather a lot, which wasn't great. <laughs> but it was good. It was all right. Thank great. you very much. Yeah, good, good. And you? Yeah, how are you? I just remembered. I just remembered your part of this podcast. Thank you for asking so naturally and spontaneously, <laughs> without any effort. Oh gosh, just basic social graces would be nice. That's what I'd appreciate. I That's what I want from you sometimes. Thanks for asking, Nick. I'm well. Thank you. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like you. Draw attention to it. I'm not good at this. What I've been doing. No, I watched Hamilton. So, oh. well, yeah, very nervously. It was great. I didn't think he was going to win the Grand Prix, but he did. <laughs> oh, it wasn't it superb? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Singing all the time. <laughs> yes, I did. About founding America. Yeah. yeah. Unusual. <laughs> That's got to be done, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. Great the Lewis Hamilton, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> got to do it anyway i did enjoy that even though i feared i wouldn't because you know the more people who say oh this is great it's going to be brilliant the more likely i am to go oh, was it it's like i'm glad you watched it because we we persuaded you didn't we we said you did. to you, look you'll you'll like this but you're not a big fan of musicals i don't like musicals i am yeah. castigated for not liking shakespeare so that already rules out a lot of recommendations that come my way. I'm nervous about theatre at the best of times. Uh, they're all recommendations from me as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So, but this was absolutely brilliant. Um, and it, yeah, Hamilton is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it's on the Disney Plus or something, isn't it? Disney Channel or something. It's. it's I saw it. We saw it in London. Yeah. Um, back when you could go and watch things. Mm. It's an astonishing piece of theatre. Really good. And two, yeah. two challenging things. I've fin- I finished White Supremacy and Me, that book, which I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. before, very disturbing. And I watched the um, BBC documentary Sitting in Limbo. I don't know whether you see that, saw that about the no. Windrush scandal and just the absolutely oh, right. horrific way British citizens were treated. I mean, it's just so, yeah, you come away with that kind of slightly I'm slightly embarrassed to be a middle aged, middle class white man because, you you know, you belong to the group that do so much damage in the world. But it's just navigating your way through that. And I guess for a lot of the time, just recognising the privilege and all the rest of it. And what yeah, that means. I'm working it through. Hmm. Trying not to join them. I watched a um, nice documentary last night, actually. Yep. Um, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that again. 
Did you? Very powerful documentary about <laughs> life after Brexit, I believe. I'm not sure. Like yeah, we've got so much to look forward to in the winter, haven't we? Including. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Tom Hardy now only takes film roles where he has to mumble? like a few lines do you think he can't <laughs> yeah. learn anything anymore perhaps he has so long as i can act with my eyes he, he barely <laughs> says anything in the entire film and when he does it's not in any discernible australian accent apart from the opening it's amazing anyway it's i enjoyed true. watching that. i don't know why i wanted to watch it again visually it's from, amazing it is amazing no it's anyway. it's a great film um anyway should we should we get on well shall we crack on with this thing we call the podcast well, why not? <laughs> it's been ropey so far, so let's get some content back in it. Firstly, thank you to the beautiful people who write in to the show. Mm. And we haven't forgot you, Peter and Steve and Michaela and others, for your lovely emails. It's just I am saving them. We're, we'll get round to them and, you know, they just warrant more discussion than we can do on one show. So thank you, all of you. Um, Helen says this, reflecting on should I stay or should I go, raised by Kelly last time. Which so, we should now really have the music in, shouldn't we? we should oh, the wouldn't that it? be great? Yeah, it would. If only we were allowed. Anyway, uh, she says this, most of my life I've been in churches where I had profound theological disagreements with the leadership. When I first got converted, I didn't believe in hell or angels, had four people in my trinity and questioned everything. Basically, mm. I worked out what I believed for myself. Over time, my beliefs have become more orthodox, but I'm still a universalist while believing it's only because of Jesus that anyone could be saved. Like your style, Helen, by the way. And she says, I moved from a charismatic Baptist church in England to one in Scotland, and it was like going through a time warp to 50 years ago. I found it very difficult and used to visit the charismatic church 10 miles away every now and then to get a charismatic top up. My husband then got to be a pastor of a church and he's very difficult to pigeonhole. He's too liberal to be conservative, but not liberal enough to be liberal. He's also very good at giving different points of view and making people think. Unfortunately, after four years, uh, the church we were at imploded and after sticking it out for 18 awful months, which we felt God was calling us to do, he was forced to resign. Uh, I got very depressed again and we started going to a different church. Unfortunately, it specialised in very reformed, you are a sinful worm type theology. I would go mm. feeling bad and leave suicidal. Ultimately, I had to go stop going as it was bad for my mental health. My husband is now back in pastorate and I even listen to his sermons. However, there are things we disagree on and there are also certain topics that I know are very dangerous for me because of my depression. For example, any sermon about how brilliant heaven is. So in answer to Kelly, I think I would say, try to stick it out unless your mental health is suffering. It's fine to disagree. As for your kids, teach them at home that there are alternative views and they need to think for themselves and decide what they think for themselves. If a sermon is going in a particular direction you find uncomfortable, tune out. Read the Bible instead, or pray, or write a mental shopping list. Count fluff balls under the seats. It's okay to do this. I've done it for many years in different churches because of my depression making me vulnerable. So thank you, Helen, for that. And Kelly, thank you for your original email. Yes, I think that's very good advice. It's pretty much what we came down on, really, in terms yeah. of saying... Yeah, you know, if you can stick it out, do. But if it's damaging you, don't. I like the techniques for, you know, coping with sermons. That's very good. Yes, yeah. Tune out, write a mental shopping list. I find myself doing those. Trouble is, is in my sermons. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a trouble. <laughs> a slight problem. <laughs> but good. Now, point three is coffee, butter, bread. Oh no, hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on, they, they can't be point three. It doesn't begin with the same letter. Anyway, <laughs> Jesse says, Hi, Joe and Nick. I hope you're both well. Nick got his 
book finished and enjoyed his holiday. I did get the book finished and, well, I say finished. Mm, I mean, it's not quite. It's gone. It'll come back to me now with a lot of questions about why have you written this rubbish Mm. and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's it's first stage is done. So that's good. Mm. And I did enjoy my holiday. Thank you very much, Jesse. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Uh, She says, I really appreciate the letter from Kelly in the last episode of MFC. I can identify with so much of what she said, particularly the uncertainty about staying or leaving my church and the pain and disappointment of God seemingly disappearing. My experience, my crisis, if you like, probably really started a couple of years ago. But despite some honest conversations with leaders and others in my church, I don't feel like much has changed. That dark night seems to drag on and on. But I like Joe's advice of relaxing breathing and being open to the divine. That feels doable. If nothing else, this crazy year has taught me to slow down, appreciate the small things, accept that there is so much beyond my control and to trust that there is a power greater than myself who loves me. The last point is still really hard for me, but I try one day at a time and I'm realising the importance of staying in touch with people, even if I am a bit an introverted recluse at times. Through these small steps, I am beginning to feel more positive about life. Thank you, Kelly, and thank you both for helping me to realise I'm not alone in this. Warmest wishes. And then she says, P.S. I'm sorry we couldn't meet at Lee Abbey in June, but I look forward to a time when we can meet again. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, and some good news on that. Yes. I think we can announce. Yes. Can we not? Please. Dun, 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 dun. Well, we are officially booked in for Lee Abbey next year. It's yeah. been confirmed. Uh, bring your own masks. Obs. Obs. Um, who knows what it'll be like. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so we're there and I can't remember the dates. Well, it, it was the 6th, uh, no, what was it? The 8th to the 12th of June this year. Then, so what's it going to be next I just, year? I'll tell you what, why don't I look it up? No, because that's boring yeah. for the listener, even <laughs> though I know you're going to edit this. I want you to leave it in. This is a fine just... example, listeners, of what happens when we're recording. Nick just 7th goes to off. the 11th of June, 7th to the 11th of June, 2021. So that is good That's news. what it says. Well, it's very exciting. I hope I've said all that in such a way that you can't edit it and you leave it all in so people can see how annoying it is. And as the rest of the email, uh, you know, about slow down, appreciate the things and accept there's so much beyond my control, I think. Yes. Uh, Jesse said. Yes. I think that's, that's absolutely true. I came across this in, an old, in a notebook that I'd written some time back. And I don't know, who, it's, a, it's put as a quote, but heaven knows what I got it, who I got it from. Claim so it primary. Uh, the primary dynamic of the of Christian spirituality is one of letting go, it says mm. here. And I think, absolutely think that's true, really. I think that's basically what it's, maturity is about, so being able to let it go. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was from Richard Raw because I wasn't reading him at the time. Yeah. Well, he says very similar things. Perhaps it was me. Perhaps you're just quoting me. It's probably true, yeah, although there's not enough, you know, a mention of courgettes in there, so it probably isn't you. Just, but uh, No, uh, just it could have been you. Let it go, Nick, the whole... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that should be a new worship song, shouldn't it? It should, yeah. If your mid-faith crisis book of worship should be let it go at some point. Exactly. Right, Ian says... And this is a lovely, honest email for me. And thanks so much, Lucy. He says, hi, Joe. It's been an odd few weeks for me on the back of an odd few months for us all. I lost my temper a few weeks ago with a colleague and it was really awful. It's really challenged my view of myself and really encapsulates what you two have been talking about in terms of beliefs, action, integrity. I behaved in a way totally at odds with everything that I say I believe and hold true to as important. 
I've sometimes thought that if you could imagine our lives as a jigsaw puzzle, and this resonated with something you were talking about today, about the spiritual versus religious thing, and the people who say they are spiritual who then end up constantly reinventing wheels. If we get even a handful of pieces when we were born, and then we keep getting given more pieces, and our task is to spend a lifetime trying to make sense of it all, then the question is really, what is the best strategy? There are clearly many ways of doing puzzles, including not bothering what you might refer to as an unexamined life. I like this. But one that Mm. works well is to have the corner pieces and some of the edges and then some bits that seem to go together. I wonder if this is the equivalent of faith and doctrine and creed. I suppose it just gives you a starting place and a way to start. It isn't the whole picture, it isn't the whole answer, and it isn't the whole truth, but it is a start, and that seems to me to be a really good thing, until it is seen as everything and the answer and the whole picture. At that point, it's always going to be a disappointment to you, and this seems to speak a lot of what your listeners are writing and thinking about and dealing with. Uh, It it is the wrestle and the struggle and the getting it wrong and keeping on keeping on that is the key, and that is what I'm trying to do. Best wishes, Ian. Well, that's fantastic, isn't it? That's really good. I love this email and I love that, you know, he's just taken the time and space to reflect on something I'm sure he would much rather not think about and just brush past. Mm. And, you know, it takes a big person to just look at their mistakes and go, do you know what, that that's not who I want to be and and what I am and and why did I do that and and how do I stop doing it and, you know, all that stuff. So thank you, Ian. You're modelling something beautiful. Well, I think that is really important. I'll just pick up on that because um, this is where like work is such an important part of spiritual formation, those kinds of meetings with other people. I mean, I'd I'd share something with you when I um, I can't remember when it was, probably probably about a couple of years ago, maybe. No, actually, it was the time when I was doing the Badly Behaved Bible. So just over about a year and a half ago, Um, I I did the same thing, really lost my Hmm. temper at work. And I don't lose my temper very easily. No. And I got I I lit I got sent out of a meeting. Have I ever told you? <laughs> yeah, this? I think you might. I, I got asked to leave a meeting. <laughs> very gently and nicely, but you know, suggested I might be better off. And part of me was quite pleased in a way that I hadn't, <laughs> you know, that I was still badly behaved enough to get sent. But of course, the point was, you know, and then I apologised to people and did all the things. And I, and, you know, you, you 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 try and be as honest as you can. Hmm. And um, the point was, of course, it was nothing to do with the meeting, really. No. It was nothing to do with that issue. It was that everything else was really difficult for, mm. for me at that time. And I was struggling with this other big thing. And I, and that, I think, was what you have to... What I, I was trying to think about is what's, what's, the, what's the cause behind, behind it? What's it a symptom of? Because mm. quite often those moments are not about what the presenting issue, are yeah, they? They're no, about, exactly. you know... Yeah. And, and it was, for me, it was just I was so worn out and so frustrated about this other the book really that I was trying to get right yeah. and I couldn't get right and, and yeah. you know everything was wrong and and um and it sort of came out at that point but yeah. I think they are truly important moments from that I don't think you should yeah. you don't pursue no. them because that's not how it works but they're really important because yeah. they reveal what's yeah absolutely what's in the underlying problems are really. a- anger is a real trigger thing for me if I'm getting angry at something it's it's invariably mm. not the thing that I say I'm angry at, but it's a sign that things are wrong inside me. You know, so yeah. I might like I'm ultra insecure or I'm, you know, really devastatingly upset about something somewhere. 
Um, but it's mm. just getting projected out in that particular moment. And of course, the other thing is I work with Nick Page and he is a complete... And if you don't, <laughs> if you don't get angry every now and then, you're not human. <laughs> well, this is true. I, I, I liken myself to the, you know, the irritant in the oyster that produces the pearl. That's what I like. Yeah. I, I, I'm deeply irritating. You have you ever done strengths finders? Do you ever, have you ever done yeah, that? Yeah, I think I did. You know, like, yeah. you get your top five strengths. Yeah. And I like to say irritation is one of my strengths, basically. It's, it's, I really enable it. It's your sacred gift. I'm surprised. I enable other people to grow. <laughs> you do. I can't believe that's not listed in the fruits of the spirit. I, yeah, I know. It's odd, isn't it? Gifts to the church. <laughs> I did like in the other thing that um, the, the jigsaw puzzle metaphor. I think it's really great. Uh, you know that you, you and and I think that you could push that further and say we don't even know what the whole picture is really no. uh, until you don't there's no picture on the box yeah. you're just trying to there's hints of it and you're trying to make it out I know um I, yeah I thought that's, that's great uh, really really helpful it's a nice metaphor and I think that maybe you know sort of you know the Muslims have got a little bit of the picture over there and the Buddhists have got a little bit of the picture over there and Christianity have this picture over there and we're trying to relate Christ to all these things but we're not quite sure how we can do it all but you know one day it will all be clear thought for the day uh, thank you okay go on then <laughs> okay and then one for Mark he says hi Joe and N that's giving you your abbreviated name which is nice thank you very much yeah happy with it's, that with, also, with all that's been going on in the last couple of weeks about race and black lives matter i decided to start listening and reading about this issue today i listened to a podcast episode of emma watson interviewing rennie edo lodge i hope i've said that right author of why i'm no longer talking to white people about race well worth a listen as an introduction to this topic they were discussing how in the feminist movement there was is a reluctance to talk about race and they used this quote from audrey lord the failure of feminists to recognise difference as a crucial strength is a failure to reach beyond the first patriarchal lesson. In our world, divide and conquer must become define and empower. This quote really resonated with me. As I see it in all walks of life, we as humans band together under a common banner, but then assume that this one banner means that there is no nuance, subtlety or specificity, specificity sorry, in our beliefs. It is totally the case in churches and Christianity too. Churches split and divide. People argue and condemn when actually I think we need uniting and empowering to make our own decisions and research our own ideas. To debate and feel and reason and experience our own understanding of a divine. Difference should be acknowledged and accepted, applauded and promoted. And the unifying aspect is what we know and are known by the divine. I understand that this quote is about feminism and not Christianity and that the issues going on at the moment do not compare well. And I certainly don't pretend to be an expert being a privileged, affluent white male. But I think this quote has real power and parallel in our wider culture. Well, where do you start with that? Well, I, I really like that email, Mark. Thank you. Certainly true. Divide and conquer is not helpful. I don't think I'm not sure about the history of churches in my I think they've done an awful lot of dividing, but not not much conquering. <laughs> they, just, they just divide and get weaker. They don't actually go anywhere. No. Um, and I mean, I think that's about control, isn't it? About mm. um, you know the way that people control other people. Whether that's a patriarchal thing, I don't think I can judge. But I think it's certainly a human thing about how people exercise control by isolating people rather than letting them come together. Um, yeah. I do I do agree with uniting and empowering. Is is the key thing? The difficulty, of course, is how do you how do you 
remain united. You know, yeah. that is the constant battle. That's what people have been talking about in terms of do I, you know, should I stay or should I go? Yeah. Pause for music. Yeah. Or, or um, you know, yeah. that's and, exactly. uh, how do we remain as one body? Oh. I've always always said that there were two prayers that that Jesus prayed that weren't answered. Uh, mm. One is, you know, take mm. away this this cup. If you, and the other is that I pray that they may be one as you and I are one. Yeah, um, exactly. And that hasn't come about, really. No, exactly. Well, I mean, I, I remember back at Spurgeon's, back in the day, and I was doing... Back the ch- when you were orthodox. Yeah, and I was orthodox. And I was a good Christian boy, and mm-hmm. we, I was on the church planting and evangelism course. And we were learning, you know, how to build massively successful, huge, powerful churches and smaller <laughs> cell groups and all the rest of it. We were learning about all the different ways to grow a church. And yeah. and you keep coming up this thing called the HUP principle. Have you heard this? The homo- I'm sure you have. No. The homogenous unit principle. Which, no, I don't know. Well, the, it, it's it's like the quick, easy, successful guide to church group growth. And here's how you do it: you find people who are exactly like you, mm. you know, and preferably with exactly the same opinions and outlooks on life, and you target your church for them. And what you do is you grow a church of people who are all exactly the same. And it's massively effective. It's a great it's a great way to grow a church. So, you know, if you want to target wealthy, you know, men in their 40s. And, you know, the, I think probably the HUP principle started on that very demographic. You you aim the church to them, knowing that they will bring their families along as well, and you'll get that group. But you'll essentially get people who are exactly the same, thus avoiding all the needs and difficulties associated with a diverse group of people. And that's why you have white churches and black churches and all the rest of it, because, you know, it's so much easier to be with people who are like you. But there are those of us who think that the kingdom... Uh, needs black and white people sitting at the same table and men and women and straight and gay and young and old and leavers and remainers and just about everybody all around the same meal table, all enjoying a common meal together. But it's a recipe for fireworks. Um, so that's the tension in church growth, the homogenous unit principle. But I, and, and, you know, I'm conscious that we are a podcast of two white middle-aged men, you know, as I say all this, because uh, we're two mates doing the podcast. And now I know people have levelled the accusation at us that, well, why why isn't one of us a woman uh, and black and all the rest of it? You know, I, and I I get that. We we started this and I'm trying to be conscious of the bias that we bring to two people who are of a similar demographic um, saying something. But it seems to me that the church, if it means anything, and if it, certainly if you believe your doctrines of heaven and afterlife... We're all going to be in this together. So this life must surely be a glorious training ground to learn to get on together. End of sermon. Thank you. I think, well, there's lots to think about in that. I mean, oh. I'd not heard of the homogenous unit principle. It's a couple of things I would think i say. Firstly, I think obviously with friendship, which is what this podcast is, mm. that is going to be around the homogenous unit principle. You yeah. are going to be friends with people who share the same interests and yeah. who board like you. Because... Yeah. But is the church about friendship or is it about love? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's something that I think is worth thinking about. I don't think the church is a club, nope. which is what the homogenous unit principle is. Like. The, church, yeah. the church is about discipleship, not friendship. 
Now, mm. obviously, Jesus called us friends, and there's a, there's that injunction in there. But it's not about a group of 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 people with all the same interests, mm. except in insofar as the interest is in, in following Jesus. Yeah. that's what the interest is. Secondly, the homogenous unit principle, it seems to me, is predicated on the idea that all that it matters with the church is growth, in, mm. numerically. Yeah. And, yeah. again, I, I, I'm not at all convinced that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, obviously, you want people to... Uh, well, I want people to discover the good news. Mm. And if, like an interest, I'll come on to a thought about that later on. But mm. I got people to discover the good news, so I want people. You know, it'd be good to see people mm. in, in in church from that point of view. But I think I think you said this. You know, Jesus said, "I will build my church." Yeah, exactly. Um, he didn't say Joe will build my church, which is just as well. <laughs> it is, uh, and he certainly and that didn't say we are Nick agreed. Was <laughs> yeah. he, did, he said he said Nick will actively. <laughs> ungrow my church <laughs> yeah. uh, but no he, he, he you know it, um so i think we've we we've concentrated in the past way too much on 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 building a, a large sort of lake you know a shallow lake and not on depth of discipleship really and what's going to be more use a sort of a six inch wide a six inch deep lake or or a, a deep well i don't know i'm mixing metaphors like mad you here, are but good on but, you, because I love what you're saying. Keep going. Well, no, I can't keep going beyond that because there's just two questions. I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what kind of growth are you talking about. If you're talking about yeah. numeric growth, then him, the, the what's name, the homogenous... Hop, hop. Humogenous, yeah, the hop. No, what's it? Cause homogenous, humongous, hum, <laughs> homogenous unit principle. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure, we'll get the, the numbers in, but is yeah, that absolutely. are they actually growing... In, well, in the faith would yeah. be the question. And I, I can't remember now because you've said a lot since then, but back at the beginning you were saying, well, the idea of the church is we haven't got much in common apart from we want to follow Jesus. Now, I put it to you, sir, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that that's not necessarily... Churches are not necessarily founded upon wanting to follow Jesus. I think they can be founded upon dogma and all... Uh, no, 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 you, no you I know, agree. ...seceding to a set of beliefs and agreeing that that yes. is... That is the common uniting factor. We actually know or very little interest in following Jesus because following Jesus is hard. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I was talking yeah, ideals. Yeah, no, I, I think that should that. be what the, the, the what is the church for? Mm. It's to show what it's like, what the kingdom of God is like, and what is the kingdom mm. of God is following Jesus. I think no, that's exactly. that's how I view it. So, so of course that's the case. Of course that that we've been, um, you know. Uh, obsessed for years with mm. um you know mm. the numbers yeah with, with church going yeah. and not obsessed enough at all with discipleship yeah which is a different thing entirely which kind of brings us back to where the podcast started four years ago or whenever it was yeah yeah um we talked about yeah, and, uh, and so I, I do think we have to think about what what church is for and and the point i wanted to make about the good news was i read a book during the week called I was reading a book called How to Think Theologically. Oh, well. Uh. I, I don't know why I picked it up early, but it was it was interesting. And, and um, it had some good bits, but ultimately it didn't really help me think theologically. Mm. Um, it, it just, you know, uh, helped me think a bit boredly. But anyway, um, but, it, but it, it did have an interesting bit because it said, that, you know, the heart of the faith is, is, is the good news. That's what it begins with. Mm. Uh, you know, Mark's gospel begins with the good news. Yeah. It's, that's what it's an yeah. announcement. Yeah. 
And it's one of the first things you have to do to think theologically, say, well, what is the good news? Mm. And I wondered what my answer to that would be, actually. You know, and, yeah. I, and I thought, well, I'll put it to you, but I won't ask you to answer it this week, but maybe mm. we could come back to it. If I had to say, mm. what's the good news about being a Christian? Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. What would you say? And I put yeah. it to you, dear listener, as well. What what would you say Ooh. if I'd say what what's what is so good about the good news? Because it used to be for me the good news is salvation from sin yeah. and going to heaven. Yeah. Now exactly. it isn't that it isn't that now, I don't think. No. Or at least that's only a part of it, and even those words have changed. Yeah, exactly. What I understand by that. But I need to sit down and think, if this is the basis, what is my fundamental idea of why it's a good idea to be a follower of Jesus? What's the good news about yeah. it? And what what is what is good about it? Brilliant. Well, so I think that would be worth thinking about, really. Well, listen, listeners. For those of you who actually, the few of you, I'm I'm guessing around the region of five or six who actually listened to this on the day it comes made it out. this far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you could send in an email with your answer to that very question, that would give us some fodder for next week. We'd appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm going to try and answer that next week. Yeah, I, I will too. Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to see what. And then we'll then we'll disagree, and then we'll divide and conquer. Exactly, it'll be fine as we do. <laughs> well, that better be it, I reckon. I think it should. Yeah, thank you so much to everybody who does email in because yes. um, they're really good emails, and I think the last yeah. few oh, weeks amazing. and months have been full of yeah. really thought-provoking stuff. Yeah. Um. And it's always good to get emails from people we know and all that kind of stuff because it feels like a bit of a community here. Yeah. Um, but not a homogenous one. I want to say that. Okay. No, indeed. Because that would that would be bad. I understand. Well, I think it would be, but slightly inevitable, and it tends to be the way things go. We can talk about that a bit more when we answer your question next week. Okay. What is right. the good news? So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. And uh, do send your emails to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Thank you to all those who support the the show. You can do that via the website. We're very appreciative of that. And uh, we hope to be back with you in a week's time. We sure do. Be kind to yourselves, people. Be kind to others. Mm -hmm.